Glory, glory, Sacramento. Welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan. Tonight, we will revel in the sweet and fleeting joy that is Sacramento's win over San Antonio FC. We will also be looking forward with extreme delight to this week's impending clash with one of the most eccentric teams in world football, the Las Vegas Lights. We will also be discussing Sacramento's imminent MLS expansion bid, bringing you up to date on all the latest reports and rumors. But before we do that, I have a few introductions to make. With me in the studio tonight, I have the man who I like to compare to the restaurant Chili's. <laughs> Despite his being one of the most delicious meals available on the market, he simply does not get the love and attention he rightly deserves. Oh my God. <clears throat> on the podcast, of course. Huh. In all seriousness, no. Though, this individual truly does bring to the 916 Republic intelligence, energy, and dynamism of a unique quality. If only he were also a professional footballer so that we could use those characteristics to fill the void in Sacramento's central midfield. Zach, I'm so happy to be in the studio with you tonight. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm actually, I actually am a professional uh, footballer. Oh, really? Yeah, my FIFA game is very strong. Very strong. Ask oh, yeah. Scott. You have been building up kayaks from the ground. We with, have. Um, with all Ameri- well, as many Americans as we can. Yes. Wow. Also, I wholly disagree with your as- assessment of chilies, but I like chilies. We went see, there for okay, your wife's birthday, hot... and I haven't been there in forever. And I was like, "This ain't bad," and it wasn't expensive. For Nolan being such a good cook, <laughs> yeah, he has odd food. It was not bad, like opinions. Okay, but to be fair, we good. both, we both, me and Nolan, when we went to Chili's, got burgers yeah you okay? can't mess up a burger it's tough to mess up a burger to be fair the burgers were pretty good they were decent okay it depends on what you get at chili's if you're going yeah. and you're like hey i want a burger and i'm going at a five dollar margarita time yeah then chili's is yeah. solid okay chili's. it's like now that especially that red robin is gone it's the place to be red robin in vacaville here in vacaville yeah yeah sorry to all those vacavillians who miss a red robin like me <laughs> But anyway, also in the studio, we have an individual who possesses an otherworldly capacity for knowing and understanding the nuances and complexities of all things pertaining to the United Soccer League. Many a night after waking up from my recurring nightmare about Sacramento missing the playoffs and not being offered an MLS franchise bid, I call Scott to calm me down and assure me that everything is really going to be all right. (laughs) Scott, thank you for your love and support in these dire times. How are you tonight? (laughs) I'm good. No I'm one good. has never called me in the middle of the night. I don't think for anything. I've thought about Primarily it. Primarily because no one goes to bed at like 10.30. Yeah. True. It, oh, that's late so for That's heck of late. Yeah. Uh, you've done it before. I've done it before, but it's not pleasant. Uh, we've probably, nine, we've, 9.30. Is... We've probably said it on the podcast before. Yeah, we got to go to the no, Well, okay. Yeah, that's true. But like the one time or one of the times that I like stayed over while like oh, the yeah. family was gone, I was oh, like in yeah. the guest room and it's like 11 <laughs> o'clock and like I'm about to go to bed and I walk in. I walk in the room because there's like a like a guest bathroom attached yeah, to it, yeah. and I like walk in like in like just like my underwear. Nolan's just like laying on the floor <laughs> with his little hands like twiddling, like his fingers twiddling on his chest with holding a blanket. He's got a pillow under his head, and he's well, like, "Hey, uh, could you wake me up if I don't wake up from my alarm?" And I was like, uh, "Sure." Because Nolan opens at Starbucks, yeah. So. I was like, I used to Hi. be so scared that I would not wake up. So I used to sleep on the floor. I can't remember if you remember that, Scott. He didn't like prompt me though. It wasn't like, hey man, like I'm gonna sleep on your floor. Don't worry yeah. about it. It was just, <laughs> just like I walk in from the bathroom. Surprise! And I was just like, oh, oh. 
it's Nolan. Oh yeah, yeah it's Nolan. <laughs> and he just like kind of looks over and then like sees him in my underwear and just like looks back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, Scott. Hey, man. <laughs> and I like, had to like step over him uh, to get to the. Wake, anyway, wake me up in the morning. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. I remember that. Uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. I feel like this always happens with my intro. Like, yeah. I go tell a story, and then I'm like, by the way, I'm good. It was a good story. It was a good story. Yeah. Cool. Well, Scott, I believe you have some things to say. Oh, I do. So um, we're going to start with some updates, as Nolan was talking about a little bit in the intro. So we're going to update uh, some academy players that have signed in Germany, which we've already talked about. We're going to update their status. Uh, we're also going to talk about Darius Formella for a second. And then we're going to spend a couple minutes talking about Major League Soccer expansion, which I feel like there's kind of a gray cloud around right now. So, Academy players. Um, Quincy Butler for Hoffenheim U19s. He's already signed. We already know that. Apparently, he scored a couple more goals this past weekend against uh, Wolfsburg's U19s. He played Ulysses Lanes. Some My name might be familiar. He's a USU20, pretty tricky, creative guy. Who plays for Wolfsburg? He, he just signed for Wolfsburg's U19s. Um, so they took a picture afterwards and was like, oh, oh this was really fun or whatever. Um, apparently he scored twice, and then Lana's for Wolfsburg scored once, and that was the end score. It was 2-1. to one. Huh. So that was an All-American scoring game. Very nice. I can't find any video of that. I, I tried. I couldn't. Uh, moving on. It's been officially announced just this past week, I believe, that... Uh, Roberto Hedigan has signed with FC Nuremberg of Bundesliga 2. He was training with the U21s, but is now on the U19 roster. So that's good. Like He trained with the U21s. They liked what they saw. They're like, hey, we'll put you with the U19s. Maybe you can grow there, and then we'll bring you up. And, and like I said, like this is Bundesliga 2, so hopefully he can get to the first team a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. But it's been official. Like it was rumored he definitely was with them, but now he's officially signed. Um, and just for people tuning in for this episode, Roberta Hedigan and Quincy Butler are both uh, Sacramento Academy products that have now gone on to Germany just this season. Bigger and better things. And, uh, yeah, and technically, Roberto Hedigan would be a first team product. He signed with the first team, oh, didn't dang. really play that much, and then moved on. So yeah, we're gonna keep an eye on them. Like we said, we're following through with our word. That's the quick update. Moving on to Darius formella mm. we were kind of wondering why he hadn't at least made a bench appearance since yeah. his signing back in the middle of july so that was about two or three weeks ago now and we found out that he just landed like the middle of last week or the beginning of last week so probably don't expect him to be near the first team anytime soon at least for this game on wednesday coming up which we'll talk about against vegas mm-hmm. uh you usually don't bring a player on the road or sorry this is a home game it is but, but you don't put you don't put a player in that you're not 100 percent confident with and this isn't it's not like he's you know some superstar uh, yeah that you're like yeah i've seen him perform in world cup finals and I, I know i can put him in and he's gonna play well it's not him so don't expect him to be near for maybe another week they and don't have a game this weekend sorry zach they don't have yeah. a game this weekend they do the following weekend. I'm blanking against. I'm blanking on who is against Colorado Springs. Colorado. Okay, Colorado is a trash team right now. Easy dub. And it's a home game. Which, uh, this is something maybe we can talk about at the end. But Steve Trichu is a really good coach. I'm shocked they fired him because he was working with pennies for his <laughs> player salaries. Anyway, um, they're not playing well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's when we see Formella 
get into the lineup. At least make an appearance in some way, right. shape, or Even form. if it's off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, lastly, Major League Soccer expansion. This past week was Major League Soccer All-Star week, All-Star break, mm-hmm. if you will. That's when we expected to get the buzz about some expansion news because all the Major League Soccer owners get together. The different committees have meetings in whatever city the uh, All-Star break is being held at. This year was Orlando. They all get together in the muggy lightning thunderstorm of Orlando, and they met. Usually what happens is interviewers come out to Don Garber, the Major League Soccer commissioner, and go, oh, hey, how are the meetings? And he goes, oh, the meetings were productive. We're continuing conversations, blah, 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 blah. And then a few days after that, Major League Soccer will quietly announce that they're having an event in a city somewhere in like a week or Uh five days or something like that. And it'll be like Tuesday at noon, you know? Hmm. And then that's when everyone goes, oh, okay, cool. You know, Toronto's being announced as an expansion team or Atlanta or whatever. And it's not a surprise and there's thousands of people there and blah, blah, blah. Well, that announcement hasn't come yet for any team. Yeah. And what that means is if it doesn't come within this next week, uh, like maybe they're just working out details or something that you shouldn't expect any announcement for major league soccer to come until December. Why are you asking December? Okay. So the expansion committee headed by Robert Kraft, it's a familiar name. Yeah. The pedophile. Yeah. Ped- pedophile. Yeah. Um, he's the owner of the new England revolution and the new England Patriots, but um, he is the head of the expansion committee. Okay. The expansion committee only meets twice a year, all-star break and the end of December or like beginning of December before Christmas. So that's why we see Major League Soccer announcements either in like end of July, beginning of August or like January because they let the holidays pass and then they announce expansion teams. So because we haven't heard anything yet, I'm beginning to suspect that due to the added complication of Charlotte yeah. putting in a what looks to be a decent bid um, that maybe the expansion committee is thinking ooh, we know we want st louis because from what i've read st louis is basically in yeah they're like 95 percent there or like maybe there's just one person hung up on one thing and they just got to sway them but now with charlotte coming in with the big owner it's the owner of the panthers they want to play in the panthers stadium ooh. major league soccer doesn't want that they've made Don Garber literally said, like, hey, we might have go two different paths because we don't want to play in another NFL stadium. We already do that in three cities. Atlanta. Atlanta. Seattle. Uh, Seattle. And, or maybe he said we don't want to do that in three cities. I can't remember exactly. But he said, Who, like... Who's sorry, the guy who said that? Don Garber. He's the commissioner of Major League Soccer. Okay, okay. So this was in an interview. Yeah. Um. So if the Panthers owner just goes, okay, I'll spend... $250 million to build a soccer-specific stadium in Charlotte. Uh, that That's bad news for Sacramento's expansion. Yeah. Bit. Hopes, yeah. The good news is nothing's been announced yet. Sacramento's got some time to, to do something or to let Charlotte fall through. And it happened with Detroit. I mean, Detroit. I was just going to say, yep. We saw it happen with Detroit. Detroit was uh, really like a top four, top five like it, yeah. option come MLS expansion last year at this time. Um, and what was stopping them wasn't money. It was the fact that they wanted to play in Ford Field. 
um, and MLS doesn't like that. They don't like Ford Field being the Detroit Lions, the NFL team's um, yeah. stadium. So it's something that we've seen before. MLS wants clubs to have their own stadiums. Um, they've made exceptions, but uh, for the most part, yeah, that's that's kind of a driving deal breaker. Yeah, so don't be surprised if you don't hear anything. And if you do, also don't be surprised if it's maybe just St. Louis and MLS comes out and says, we're still deciding between Sacramento and Charlotte. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at that. We've seen it before. Feel however you feel. At this point, we're kind of used to it. We're not really expecting anything. Yeah. We're telling you not to expect anything. Don't expect good news because we've been given bad news so much. Yeah. I think we'd be fools to expect good news. Anybody else have anything to add with Major League Soccer? How you feel? Any other news that you saw that maybe we didn't? I have like kind of an inside source. So it's it's from a credible. I think I talked to you guys about this earlier, but like. I don't think so. Okay, I'll tell you afterwards. I'll tell you who it's from. But someone I know close to someone important at the club says that MLS is locked up for Sacramento. Like they have it in the bag. It's just a matter of time before they announce it. So with that being said, I don't know what that means for why it's taking so long for MLS. Was this person a politician? No. Dang it. Yeah. He was a... I'm revealing too much. It's a man. You've narrowed half the population down. I mean, more than half. Less than half because uh, most people connected to Sacramento are probably men, right? Mans? Mans. Okay, well. Anyway, uh, yeah. So no one has got it on a good, credible source that it is. Very good, credible source. uh, It it is locked down. Nolan is currently oh, he, spelling okay, the name. No, he, he, sorry, we have a Google Doc with our like show notes on it, and Nolan yes. was typing out, and I do remember that now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. how credible what? it is, but yeah, the person is credible, but actually, not even the person. Anyway, that's for you know what? Here, They're not there. credible. They're yeah. not really. <laughs> He's an idiot. Yeah. Okay. And also, right. it's just tough, man. We I've it's heard this tough. before, but you know what, Leah? I think we've talked about this enough. Let's transition into. Um, a Sacramento review and a positive review yeah. at that. We uh, this past week played um, San Antonio FC and came out with a positive result, three points. Um, we were able to break away from this slump that we've been in recently. We've only won one game. Um, that was against Portland back on July thirteenth. We've only won that one game since uh, that Tulsa just thrashing uh back in june so it was good to get out of that that slump um a lot of positives to take away from this game it was really kind of the tale of two halves Mm -hmm. um and we'll get into that more but at the end of the day uh we close out we get the victory three points um scott what was what was something that you found most impressive from this game uh yeah that we won (laughs) yeah um no, like seriously, I was looking at the like the USL every like Monday or Tuesday will come out with their like power rankings, which is just some guy sitting at a desk going, "Eh, this team." But um they moved up 5 spots and literally the sentence that described Sacramento's week was they came away with a win even though they almost lost it, but hey, a win's a win. Yeah, <laughs> and true. That's literally the most impressive thing is that we didn't draw this game or lose this game. Like 
we scored goals and then we didn't let the team score more goals than the goals that we scored uh that's called winning yeah. so that to me honestly is is the most impressive thing the other thing that i would say is uh, impressive maybe a bit more detailed than just saying like oh, we won um was the way that and this is going to be actually a negative but the way that uh san antonio made halftime adjustment adjustments and we're going to talk about this a little bit uh toward the end but they got their booty holes tickled in the first half <laughs> mm. i mean we were just i mean they played well they had they had some chances, good chances but defensively though but bonomo had a brace he should have had four goals in in the first half in the first half he should have had four goals and there were other goal scoring opportunities that we had that we didn't i mean good opportunities not many but we should have arguably i mean if we take half of those chances we have four goals yeah five maybe yeah so that being said the the simplest of tweak san antonio makes is two things one we're going to play a little bit faster play a little bit more one touch two they exploited Juan Barahona's attacking positioning and just played triangles around where he should have been. And then that pulls a midfielder over or a center back over, which then opens up space. Like if you look at where their attacks came from, Billy Forbes on the left, almost it. He looks like a shell of himself from when he was with San Antonio two years ago, where he was dominating. He had like 12 or 13 goals from the wing and just was putting guys on skates, goes over to Phoenix, does nothing, comes back to San, San Antonio and is, Still not doing anything, but just their passing on the right side, uh, their their right side, Sacramento's left side, that created all the chances that they needed. So they didn't capitalize on their chances, but it just lo- it looks like such a small thing. That honestly was the most impressive thing to me. And Sacramento, we really to me it really didn't feel like we had an answer for that other than well let's just bring in all of our team's defenders and hopefully that solves the problem. Hmm. Yeah, I had a question about the game because I didn't actually watch it. The I had a good reason, but anyway, the um, the so the app that I use lists San Antonio's formation as a three-two-five, and then I know I I know that's not really a realistic formation. It's probably more like a four a, a five-four-one in defense, and then something else in attack. But anyway, the and then they dominated possession, and then from the little bit of the game that I did watch, I like clicked through on ESPN plus to watch the goals and the buildup and everything on Sacramento's goals. I was like, okay, great. Where were San Antonio's defenders? They were like two center backs and maybe a left back got back to defend on, especially on like Bonomo's, uh, second goal. Um, there just weren't San Antonio players in San Antonio's half. So I was wondering, was it just me and watching those few clips and looking at the app or did they have a lot of guys in the attacking third? I mean, they did get guys forward, but yeah. honestly, Josh Yara, the the center back, the right center back, was trash. Huh. Like, okay, so if you are familiar with Major League Soccer and you you are maybe as in depth as I am, like Josh Yara was drafted very highly by, I think it was New England. I can't remember, huh. but he was drafted very highly to be like the next you know generation of defender in Major League Soccer. And within two years, he was gone, and he signs with San Antonio, and I was like, whoa, that's a really good signing because he 
I mean, he played in Major League Soccer, and he didn't look bad, but he didn't look good. Mm -hmm. And now I'm seeing it. Like, he just switches off. He completely loses Bonomo for the third goal. He completely loses... Uh, gosh, I think it was a was a wasa for the second. I think he was the one marking, but even then, like on other missed opportunities that Sacramento had, he just switches off. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't look like he's communicating, or he's listening to the other center back that's trying to communicate with him, especially on the third goal. So, like, I I don't know if it was San Antonio pushing players up as much as Josh Yarrow just switched off. He just switched off, and you can't do that. And I want to say you can't do that against good forwards, but Bonomo isn't exactly. I mean, when you're forward. wide, he he had a two wide open chances. I saw one in like the 12th minute that yeah, he, he doesn't in. hit that one. He hits the third one yeah. or the second one in the 45th minute or whatever. Yeah. So that I I think that answers your. Does that answer your question? That answers my question. Okay. Yeah, it was a tough back line for them for sure. Um, cool. I think. If anything, if I could add to this discussion, it was kind of you talked a little bit about what San Antonio was able to do in the second half um, to kind of correct the mistakes that they had and to chip away at the the um, hole that they had dug. Yeah. What? Well, and you did touch on it a little bit. The that our response was really just to throw as many defenders as we could in there and hope for the best. Um, and. That has shown up, I think, multiple times. The in-game management of Simon Elliott is something that I have definitely questioned in games past. He's been poor. It's been, it's been, yeah, it's definitely been subpar. Um, there was a game, the the game we had against, that was a win we had a while back where we, we where we played five in the back. Portland? I think it was. Think Portland it was. was five at the back. I, I believe. I think so. Yeah. It was five at the back? Okay. Yeah. Well, uh towards the towards the end of the game, they were able to get like really good chances yeah. up the middle and Simon Elliott uh took somebody out, put somebody in, switched it back to a four, three, three, and that seemed to kind of um alleviate the pressure that, that had started on us. Other than that, I other than that one time, I really have not been impressed with his in game management. Um I was I was thinking about it and that that time that one game was really the only time I could pick out in my brain where I was like oh that was a good decision by Simon Elliott where this week there just seems to not be an answer the slump that we've been in there it kind of you know kind of the same thing that in game management has definitely not been good yeah well, okay so if you look at his subs he takes off Villarreal for Partain I I think Villarreal had maybe he, I know he had picked up a knock at one point. He comes off. He comes back on. Yeah. You go. Okay. I'm not trying to get you hurt. You're a, a good player for our team, as we've talked about. He's had a good season. So let's take him off because we have a Wednesday game. Okay. Fine. If if you want him to play Wednesday, that makes sense. You bring on Hayden Partain. Essentially a like for like switch, except I think Hayden Partain has a little bit wider range of passing. So that makes a, that's a good decision because you see Hayden Partain's passing come to play on counters. Um, and then the next sub is Chanson Poulos for, um, I thought he was on, like all six defenders were on for his, uh, at the end of the game. The, yeah. So Chanson Poulos comes on for someone. Maybe you guys can, can look it up for me. 
Um, but you bring Chauncey Poulos on, and he plays like a holding midfield position. Like the guy's like six five, like this long, lanky center back, and he's playing holding. He's playing a holding mid when you have Ray Sari sitting on the bench, who literally plays the holding midfield position. That was very odd to me. Yeah, Bonomo. Chance Pulos came on for Bonomo, and then McCrary, uh, Mahoney came on for Sam Werner. Yeah. So um, that that didn't make sense to me. And then Werner coming off for. Mahoney, it, I, I didn't I didn't get it either because I, I, I don't feel like Mahoney knew where he was supposed to go. I mean, I knew it was just the last few minutes, but... He's versatile. He plays center back and fullback, but playing him in for a winger is interesting. Yeah. So, anyway, like they just didn't make sense to me. Like There was a, a clear holding midfielder. Like, you could have taken off Bonomo, moved Awasa up to forward, and then had Skundrick... Sorry and Partain. I mean, that's a those are good defenders, and then Partain and uh, Skundrick can go forward and yeah. I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. It yeah. just didn't make sense. Or if if you are concerned about you know uh, getting overrun in the midfield, then why don't you take off Aliman and bring on someone else to play in the midfield and play more of a a four five one and just say hey sorry cam we're gonna leave you up top hold the ball up as best you can and let you know werner run so that you can play off of i just don't get it i just don't get it no um but you know what let's end on a positive note okay this was a win this was a three points for us um i thought that something that i took note of during the game, especially during that third goal, was the chemistry that seems to be forming between Barahona and Warner. Um, if you go back and look at the highlights and you look at the buildup of that third goal, um, first of all, it starts with Kevin Aliman, who showed throughout the game very solid decisions in his dribbling and in his passing. Um, he distributes well to kind of build up uh, this this play um, eventually into Barahona's feet. Barahona plays a nice little fic, flick to Warner. For, Warner then returns the flick, the favor, gives him a nice little flick. Barahona is then sprung into the final third. Gives a good ball to Barahona. Or Barahona gives a good ball into Bonomo. We score that third goal, regardless of the bad marking that um, San Antonio center back shows. It's a great buildup. It shows great chemistry between Warner and Barahona. Um, and it it's very, uh, I think that's significant. It's very exciting to see. Three yeah. points. Yeah, three points is exciting for sure. And, and uh, another opportunity to pick up some points at home on a midweek game is coming up on Wednesday uh, this week against Las Vegas Lights FC. So um, the Lights, we've played them once already that we've played them once already uh, a 4-1 thrashing in Las Vegas um, that was just a weird game they happen to have a pretty prolific goal scorer in Irvin Parra he's got 10 goals on this season young American 25 years old um, 
he'll be someone to look out for uh, during the game, playing as like Scott was saying, like a left winger, second striker kind of player. Um, so that, Reno or Las Vegas plays rather similar similarly to uh, Sacramento. If I remember right, doing research for that first game, they tend to sit. They tend to sit a bit more defensively, play more of a four four two defensive four three three, and so. It'll be interesting to see how they line up against Sacramento. Um, I think, yeah, this is going to be a good game. What I'm interested to see is how Sacramento lines up against Las Vegas because I think um, Simon Elliott showed a lot of respect for Portland when he put a, when he set out in a 5-4-1 um, with three center backs at the back, rather conservative fullbacks, not giving them... Barahona started that game, but uh, the, the second fullback... And Jordan McCray was always much deeper um, if Barahona got forward. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Simon Elliott doesn't tries to take a bit more, get a handle on the game, possess more, play more of an attacking formation, um, maybe with some more attacking players. Um, so we'll see. That was a long rant. Yeah, well, one thing I'm going to look forward to is seeing Rafa Diaz again because he played super well the second half of uh, the San Antonio game Yeah, where... I mean, he faced 13 shots, seven of them were on target, and the only two that he let in were uh, one from a free kick. That maybe, I think he should have. I think he should have set up the wall better. Cause he, he, should, he should have set up the wall better, but I mean, he he's still getting used to to, do, to playing that. Yeah. With, yeah, so I don't fault him that much. And then the second goal is no fault of his. Yeah, defenders just weren't stepping out. It was a even good, though we had like 14 goal. of them on the field. So. Yeah, it was a great goal, and it was a late goal, late late goal too. How do yeah, you, like, so, goals of the week always get scored against? Sacramento? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he made some really good reactionary saves. Yeah, yes, he definitely very athletic. I, I can definitely point to him and say, okay, yeah, there, he's definitely the bright spot because we we're, let's be honest, a bit nervous with Josh Cohen leaving. So, yeah. oh yeah, I'm They're looking forward well. to seeing Rafa Diaz again. It'll be interesting to see. No, Nolan's right. It'll be interesting to see how Sacramento lines up. Um, the the lights don't have a great defensive record. Yeah. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they do sit a little bit deeper on the road on a Wednesday. That being said, I think they have enough creative spark to get a goal early and then just pack it in. And they have a good goalkeeper. Um, he's faced a lot of shots and he saved a lot of shots. So... Mm-hmm. That's my that's my big concern. That is my big uh, concern. Zach, do you have anything to talk about for Vegas? Um, if I could, I mean, if I could add anything, I think it would be where they fall on the table. Uh, right now, currently, Sacramento sits at seventh, twenty-one games played. Vegas sits at fourteenth with twenty-one games played. Now the the difference in points is only four between us and vegas right and so we talked a little bit about how they're very similar teams this is probably not going to be a very easy game for us to win it's a winnable game but it's definitely not guaranteed um and that swing is big that is a big swing if we lose the game on the flip side um we have a game in hand on Austin Bold, who is fourth right now. Um, we have a game on New Mexico, who is fifth. 
and Real Monarchs have a game game on us. They sit in sixth, but they they only have one more point than us. Um, New Mexico and Austin both have three points more than us. Uh, if we win this game against Las Vegas, that puts us in fourth. The we've said it multiple times, uh, you know, as this has gone on, we're gonna say it again because this table is still very congested. This game is a very important game, and if we can come out with a win, um, it's gonna put us in a really good spot, which is surprising almost, considering how frustrating this season has been so far. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's an important game against Las Vegas, um, and hopefully we can get three points out of it. Yeah, I think this is a game that if you are a playoff team, you have to win these type of games, and yeah. Sacramento hasn't in the past this season. So not only this game, but also the previous game with San Antonio. I know it's on the road, but you you have to win some games on the road. I mean, that's just a fact. You want to make it yeah. into the playoffs, you're going to have to be better than the teams below you, and that means beating them on the road. And it's the same thing with the game against Colorado, which is going to be at home. And Colorado's had a terrible season. You have to beat them. You can't tie. You can't. And I I had a thought in my head that I didn't share with uh, the guys before the San Antonio game. But the thought in my head was, if Simon Elliott doesn't win these two games, I I wouldn't be surprised go a different direction if they part ways with mm-hmm. him because as Zach was talking about the table is so close but if you lose this game against San Antonio you're gonna drop drop and against Vegas you're struggling I mean they're they would be in the teens in the yeah. table oh yeah because team clubs would have jumped them and I think that's a bad look for a team that's trying to go to the first division and I I think it's I think it's very good for Simon Elliott that he won this San Antonio game. But he still, in my opinion, he has to get three points on Wednesday. And then going to the Colorado game the following weekend, I I think he probably needs to get three points there if he wants to show the ownership that he is a a, a competent manager. Yeah. Because these aren't well-run teams right now. Vegas is maybe a little bit different because they're kind of in year one of a rebuild mm-hmm. and they're year two expansion team. So they're still figuring things out, but Colorado has been around. San Antonio has been around. They're just not having good years this year. And I, I think you need to beat them. You need to beat Las Vegas. So for me, that's what a win means. It means more than just moving up in the table. I think it means that maybe Simon Elliott holds on to his job because he gives himself that little bit of a a cushion. But the last thing I'll say is Sacramento having a bad year maybe shouldn't have been such a big surprise to us because clubs that are in their last year in USL before moving to Major League Soccer generally don't have amazing years. Unless you're like Cincinnati that just spent so much money on players to have a good year. Mm Mm-hmm. But we've seen teams have bad years before. so The stars are aligned. The stars are aligned, <laughs> but uh, like we said, be cautiously optimistic. Yeah. I, I, I hope that's what the lack of focus and concentration is. Because um, that's what it has felt like, is that 
the heart the hearts of the club have not been in this USL season. Um, yeah, and so I hope I hope that it is because we're so focused on the coming MLS expansion. Um, it's gonna be it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sacramento if they don't get MLS because yeah, I just don't know if people are gonna stick around. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that like we can kind of. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll cross that ridge when we get there. Hopefully we don't have to have this conversation, but um, I think there will be a rebuilding phase for the supporters of Sacramento if they remain in the USL. And that'll be interesting. Yep. All right. Will you guys have any uh, closing notes or comments? Um, a win's a win. A win's a win. It feels good. Yeah. It does feel good. It, it keeps us relevant. Yep, coming coming into this next week. Yeah. Um, and if we can get this one against Vegas, we're in fourth. And that's significant. That's awesome. Yep. So, be hopeful. Yeah. And enjoy this win. That's all I'll say. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna end the show. Until next week. Glory, glory. Sacramento. Sacramento.